What's the latest, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the In the Paint Show presented by Ball is Life. Devin Uglin and Ronnie Flores here with you for episode number 91. Ronnie, we're on a bit of a vacation, uh, you know, holiday break for the last couple of weeks, but now we are back. First of all, let our listeners know, Ronnie, how you're doing, how your holidays were. Yeah, Devin, uh, good to hear from you. Um, you know, it's been a, yeah, it seems like it's been a long I know, right? weeks. Uh, I'm still laying low, obviously, as we mean, you predicted a long time ago that this was going to be the uh, weeks and the months to lay low. Uh, we always tell people, you know, stay away from the gym, you're sick. They don't listen to us, but we tell them, right? And it's, you know, nobody's in the gym in California except, you know, for these secret runs or whatever they are. Um, so on that note, yeah, I'm doing good. And we're just kind of in a, in a holding pattern as far as what type of season we're going to have in terms of the high school and, and, and to the grassroots level as well. Obviously, in the grassroots level, we're on a dead period to at least April 15th. Will that be extended? I don't know. But based on that date, Devin, um, that means it's already been a year since college coaches have seen any players live. Now, we've seen some players live, and for D1 coaches, they haven't really seen them live. You know, So kind of changes the narrative. I guess we've talked about it before, of this whole spectrum for 221 and 222, but we're, we are getting some games in, and obviously some states are operating like nothing's going on. Um, and some states are, it doesn't look very good. So that's kind of where I'm at. And, you know, I've been really uh, following it and watching it like we all are. And we want to get back to some normalcy, but I don't really know what normalcy is going to be. Yeah. Like, as you know, and most of our listeners know, I've probably been laying the most low out of anybody that you can imagine, uh, especially from the scout world. Uh, and unfortunately, Ronnie, I've been working for like like six weeks now trying to get my damn verified Twitter account back. What? Yeah, what is going on with that? Okay, so for whoever's listening, um, the other, I mean, it was like early December. I tried to log into my Twitter account on my desktop. And it's I, I get this prompt saying, oh, we have uh, seen suspicious activity on your Twitter account. Like, I guess someone trying to hack it. And you need to reset your password. I'm like, okay, cool. So I go try and reset my password and it won't let me reset my password. Like the, the, the form or whatever it is, the coding behind it, it's not working. So I've been without that Twitter account for six months, six weeks now. And I've, you know, put in multiple requests to Twitter support, haven't heard a word back. So if anybody out there is who's listening to this show, is you know uh, someone who works for Twitter or someone who knows someone who works for Twitter, put me in contact with them. I need to get that account back. But Ronnie, I've been watching a lot of you know college basketball, been watching a lot of NBA basketball. Obviously, uh, both of those uh, levels have you know started in some fashion, some manner. And you know, unfortunately, we haven't been able to see much Southern California high school basketball. But I want your hot take on something real quick. I saw a tweet from you the other day. I think it was Sunday. You were watching some NFL football and you were just talking about kind of how different the sport is now than what you grew up on. And even what I grew up on, even though I'm sure. 10 or so years younger than you or, or seven or years younger than you, it's, it's way, it's hard to watch. I've been watching a little bit of college football. Some of the bowl games were atrocious. Uh, college football playoff games were, were okay. But the NFL, dude, for, for some reason, for me, 
um, the excess flags, the pass interference, the uh, roughing the quarterback, roughing the passer. Um, it's a lot of flags. I mean, you see a lot of laundry on the field. And another thing that bothers me right now about the NFL is the lack of a run game, traditional yeah. run game. That's what Every, I mean you've talked about, I think, before. Yeah. Every team gets close right. to Derrick Henry, right? Yeah. He's the only, the only back I can think of right now who's a traditional back. And every team thinks they're a passing team, but not every team has a quarterback who can pass. So you're just watching a bunch of incompletions and the game is just so broken up and slow. Yeah. I just, that it's a good point because now obviously quarterbacks have ebb and flows. We have some years where they're having great seasons and it seems like there's more good ones. And and then there's some seasons where it's bad. We know that the bad teams have bad quarterbacks. Some teams haven't solved their quarterback problems for years. Yeah. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs, they had quarterback problems for years. They get the right guy, boom, changes their whole scenario, changes their whole franchise, the course yep. of their franchise. So obviously that's very important. And what I look at when I look at athletes, when I look at high school games, when I when we follow even some of the guys that we follow uh, in California that that are dual sport athletes, me and you, we're not dumb. We know how much it's harder. It's easier to be a good DB or a good wide receiver than to be a NFL type quarterback. So, or, or Rocket. yeah, it takes more work. Let's just be honest. I mean, if you're a good DB, you know how to run, turn your hips, and go and 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 cover. Your technique is important, but it's not as important as a quarterback. Instincts with that position, instincts are very. Yeah, if you have instincts, you're, you're a good athlete. You can play it. So. We know there's probably better athletes out there. There's more athletes out there that are good running backs than good quarterbacks. There's a bigger pool to pull from. Sure. So why are we not trying to establish the run? Like we, we're so harped on these quarterbacks because everybody follow their, their – everybody's a copycat league. But like you said, there's only so many good quarterbacks, so some teams continue to stink. Dude, it, like some of the games I watch, I'm just like, yeah. one, who is this Yeah. Quarterback. I know who they He's are. Stiff, basically. Yeah, this guy, and it's just constant incompletions or like overthrows, underthrows, you know, things like that. And then you look at the the rushing yards leader right now, Derrick Henry, uh, two thousand twenty-seven yards. The next closest guy is Dalvin Cook at fifteen fifty-seven. So there's a and huge there's drop. a big drop off after that. I think after that Jonathan Taylor. I know I don't even know who Jonathan Taylor is, Ronnie. I don't know. Does he play for the Colts? Maybe I'm looking <laughs> at you. Maybe he plays for the Colts. Hang on, hang on. Hey, I was right. Okay. <laughs> How many backs are over a thousand yards? That's a great question. Not many. So five, six. So let me let, removing Lamar Jackson from the situation because he's a he's a quarterback. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight backs over a thousand yards. Thirty year in thirty teams. That's not. You're not. Yeah. You can win by running the ball. Can you imagine? You imagine if Ezekiel Elliott didn't get hurt, he would have been one of them. Yeah. He's at but nine. Still, even nine or ten out of thirty is not. That's, really right. that's a good that's a good batting average in baseball, but that's not a great uh, stat for a, a football uh, team to have. You know, you know, thirty Too many of them don't even have close to a thousand yard rusher. And close, right? Yeah. So, so go that ahead. Shows you how good Derrick Henry is. Yeah. It also shows you why we're missing the boat here. So based on that, they're obviously trying to protect the quarterback. So even in the national semifinal games, Clemson, Ohio State. And then obviously Alabama rolled over Notre Dame, and we're supposed to have the championship game next week, um, Alabama and and OSU. But the quarterback from Ohio State got hit, 
And it was like, oh my God, his ribs are broken. Oh my God, he's... And I'm sitting here and I'm treating guys, if his ribs were broken, he wouldn't be able to throw the ball. You see how good his throws were downfield? I, like, he wouldn't be able to breathe. I think maybe two plays later after you tweeted that, Ronnie, he threw like a 60-yard bomb to a guy for a TD. It's perfect. To, yeah, I was like, that was a great... He had full springs of motion. He had his arms, I mean, his hips were looking good. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. He's a little banged up, but quit trying to make it seem like he's quarter, like he's, oh my God, he's, it's too much drama. So you think, he just you doesn't think, want to get fucking hit. Yeah. The Ohio State quarterback just doesn't want to get hit. No quarterback wants to get hit, but. So Clemson's best defender, a linebacker, yeah. met him downfield. He takes off running. So the Ohio State quarterback, right at the last minute, stops. Turns sideways and almost turns around to the defender. And of course, the defender hits his unexposed ribs in his back. So he's kind of like, oh, he's, you know, it looks like a bad throw. He gets called for targeting and thrown out of the game. That's a second. Quarterback turned around right before the impact. Right. What's he supposed, number one, what's he supposed to do? What's he supposed to do? In that that quick of a uh, reaction time needed for that play. And that's the second straight year that that player, his name is slipping my mind right now, has been ejected from an, uh, a college football playoff game. And he's their most important defensive player by far. Changed the whole comp- if Clemson had any chance to get back in de- defensively, he needed to be on the field. So yeah. because the quarterback didn't want to get hit and didn't square his shoulders and lower his shoulder pads and hit like a football player supposed to, the play would have been fine. Neither of them would have probably got hurt. Maybe it would have been... His bell rung, but that's part of football. Yeah. And so he almost busted his ribs because he wasn't protecting himself, wasn't playing like you're supposed to play when they teach you how to play football. If you don't stop and turn around, you're going to get hurt. Somebody's going to get hurt. But he got kicked out. It's just like that's not even football. Yeah. And then it was time. worse on Sunday or the, the day the NFL played. I'm assuming it was Sunday. Yeah. It was a, it was like a safety quarterback blitz and the Buffalo quarterback got sacked and he just got tackled. Nothing hard, no no helmet to helmet, no uh, leading with the head, just a tackle. The guy rolled over him. He was fired up because he he, he picked the right hole and he blitzed. Personal foul, targeting. It, it was a joke. You saw it on Twitter on the replay. Was There was nothing to the play. It was a normal football play. So, yeah. like the days of Ronnie Lott, Steve Atwater, even Troy Polamalu, like they're, they're over. They're gone. They're like, it's not even football. So I'm not interested. Right look at a guy like Fontes Perfect. I mean, he basically got run out of the league just for his the violence in which he played with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 a joke. So it, it weakens its product. I'm with you on the running backs. Kudo to kudo to Derek Hendry, and um, I guess he's the fifth back or so with with you know obviously Eric Dickerson, OJ Simpson, Barry Sanders, uh, the guys who have gotten two thousand yards, and Jamal Lewis from Baltimore eighteen years ago. Remember, he broke the record. He had like I remember Jamal Lewis with the Ravens. He he had like I mean it was like three or four or five straight games where he had two hundred plus rushing yards. Yeah, I mean was Jamal a, Lewis is a monster, and it, it helped him win. So yeah, um, you know it's very interesting. I the way I look at it is Devin. When you're growing up, and whether you're growing up in OC, whether you're growing up in LA, or wherever you're growing up, whoever the kid on your block could run the ball and juke guys and run the fastest, that guy's a badass dude. Yeah, everybody wants to hang out with him. The chicks like him. Um, you know, he's if if a guy's a badass on your block and he's fast and he can outrun everybody, 
And I mean at a young age, seven, eight years old, he's the number one guy you're going to pick for your teams. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Think also, I don't see how we're getting away from running when that guy's the baddest dude on the, on the, on the, on the field. It's just, it's mind-boggling to me. Well, I mean, it seems like there's going to be less targeting, less personal foul. Yeah. He's called on a rushing play when a guy is, you know, going between the tackles. Correct. And then, you know, you're gaining an advantage by passing a lot because there's more opportunity for pass interference calls. There's more opportunity yeah. for passer calls because for some reason, um, and whether it's quote unquote protecting the, the quarterback or uh, making the game more watchable for the average fan, because the average fan would rather see, you know, you know, gazillion points, gazillion points, and and and, and a lot of passing plays. Uh, they're more exciting, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's why you see the change is because they're trying to make it more watchable for more watchable the for the, the non non knowledgeable fan, basically. Yeah. And it's making the product worse for uh, people who who like you know old school football or or played football or have been watching for a long time. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, We'll see what happens. I'm not that terribly interested in right now. I'm looking for the next Barry Sanders and Emmett Smith. I, I really am. Like when that guy comes around, I'll I'll be watching a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, don't Especially get me wrong. like a Barry Sanders type. Like I mean, he was. Who doesn't want to like to watch Barry Sanders? I'm not the hugest Barry Sanders fan. I'm because I don't like the Lions and they weren't winning. But I still like watching him. Yeah, he's a great athlete. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. You know, so we'll we'll switch. You know, turning the page there. We don't want to harp on that too long. Um. But it's, it's very interesting. The, the game is shitty. Uh, <laughs> NBA. And, uh, you know, that's uh, a, a little bit better of a game. I mean, the NBA has its shitty moments, too, David. Yeah, yeah. It has its shitty moments, too. The bottom teams are shitty. Yeah. You know, and now we might have two more shitty teams. Explain what's going on there, Devin. Yeah, that was a great that was a great final closing line on the NFL. The game is shitty. Um yeah. Yeah, so the NBA potentially, I mean, these are kind of just rumors, thoughts, you know, I guess maybe expansion is always something they're looking into. But uh, the talks are getting a little bit more serious or the rumors are getting a little bit more serious because they've got to make up for some financial losses they've they've suffered from coronavirus. And um, whether that's, yeah, the bubble, whether that's, that's next season, two seasons, three seasons down the line, adding uh, two teams – can potentially uh, generate a bump in revenue, you know, based on fans, uh, jersey sales, different things like that. So well, I think um, it also goes to the fact that if you have a two point five billion dollar asking price, I think that's right. what it is. Yep. Okay, or somewhere in that range, even if it's one point five or if it's three, it's a lot of money. A lot of money. The the thing that people are not catching on to, real, or, or that's not noticeable unless you're paying attention, is that money is going to be distributed and make every concurrent owner more, you know, put money in their owner's pocket, but yeah. they don't have to share it with the players or anybody else. Right. And you that's, know, I actually love doing that. That's that's the key. It, 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 is, it has nothing to do with the collecting bargain agreement of the players getting more money. It's just a, a one-time fee that's going to the owners get get the current owners get some of that. Correct. Obviously. Right. It's split, it's split amongst them because obviously they're adding two new franchises into. Uh, a league that's owned by owners of respective teams. So I'm hearing two teams, Ronnie. A lot of people are throwing out Seattle, which, you know, was a a really solid NBA city um, in the 90s and into the 2000s with, you know, Gary Payton, Sean Camp, 
yeah. Percy Hawkins, uh, Lenny Wilkins. We can go back with Jack yeah. Jack Sigma. I oh, mean, yeah, they had a great franchise. They won the championship in with Dennis Johnson and downtown Freddie Brown and Gus Williams. I mean, that was a great backcourt. It's one of the most underrated backcourts probably in the history of the NBA. Yeah. And then the team kind of got broken up. Uh, they had a problem there with, uh, I don't know, Dennis Johnson got a bad a rap, I guess, a little bit, that he was kind of a, a difficult guy to deal with, and they traded him to uh, Phoenix, and then he eventually ended up with Boston, and now yeah. he's the late Dennis Johnson's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and then the second city, um, as most mostly you know comes up with any expansion team, is is Las Vegas, uh, because of just the, the resources, uh, the money, the backing, the uh, I guess you know with with the hockey team, they've had to so the Golden Knights, they've had really good support, and and the the women's yeah. basketball team, the the WNBA team, the Aces has, have also had good support. So both of those cities make sense to me, Ronnie, but. Are there any other cities, towns, locations that you think would be better suited? Or are these the two spots that if there's going to be an expansion, it has to be here? Yeah, I think it has to be one of the teams would be Seattle. I think that market is great for for the NBA. They have, I think, obviously, one of the best bases for basketball. The people in Seattle really enjoy their basketball. I think even more than Vegas. But I think Vegas is the a logical destination because of the amount of people that go through there, similar to the Golden Knights. Now, the Golden Knights may be more of a, a localized fan base, but I think the NBA would be like kind of like the Dallas Cowboys. People sure. would love them from all over. Right. Hey, I'm going to the, you know Vegas this week. I'm going to catch a, uh, you know the Spades. I'm going to catch one of the Spades game again. I'm just making up a name. You know. You're making, you're, I like that. I like that. The Spades. I like that. Spades, bro. Hit me with the Spades. <laughs> You know, like, you know, something with the cards, you know, the hustlers. I don't know what their name would be. You know, it'd be some funny, goofy-ass name, you know. and uh, the, pit, the pit bosses. The pit, yeah, the pit <laughs> bosses, you know. It's something funny, but, yeah, I, I can't think offhand, Evan, of two, a city that would be more logical okay. than, than, than those. I mean, you said, you know, obviously Texas has three, three teams. Can't do anything in Texas. You know, uh, the Suns have their up-and-down support. You know, people talked about maybe Memphis moving. Um, Indianapolis has a team. What other What other big cities? Um, Back to Buffalo. But again, that's kind of close to Toronto. You know, the Buffalo yeah, no. Braves. You know, I don't think yeah. he's going to Buffalo. Yeah. So the, aren't the Raptors like playing in Tampa right now or something? Um, they can't even play because the Raptors are going to be playing in Florida. So right, so, not really necessary. Oh, no, and then Buffalo didn't. Yeah, I don't think got a team. One of them. Uh, I don't. Well, Florida has plenty of teams. Um, the old, here's the here's the only city that I can think of. Um, Carolinas? No, that would make sense to me. No, 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 no. San Diego, California. California. I thought about that, but I thought maybe. Yeah. yeah, people. Obviously, I don't know. Like people are probably saying right now, especially with what's going on. Like, get the Clippers out of here. They can go back over there. <laughs> Yeah, the Clippers need to go somewhere else in Los Angeles. I um, think so. They're not going. But in- they already invested yeah. there in Inglewood, right. so that's that's boat is sailed. I think San Diego would be a great destination for an NBA team because I think there would be a lot of support. You see how much support San Diego State basketball has. Even San Diego State football has good support. Well, if you just think about San Diego with you know with Freeman Williams and Bill Walton and that when they had it in the early '80s, just think of how much bigger a city San Diego is now than then. Yeah, right. And like, you know. Obviously, the NBA is even much way better product than it was then in terms of like publicity, television. So, 
that's almost like a different world back then. And, and, and I don't know how much support they had back then. I was still a little too young, but they just weren't that good. I think if they would have stayed, they would eventually have built, you know, support. So I, I think that's a good choice, but I, I still think those Seattle one, Vegas two, San Diego three, and then any other city would be uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think San Diego would be good. You know, in addition to its great weather, its great location. Uh, you know, it's kind of even kind of a tourist town, not in a different way than Las Vegas, but but um, you it's know, a hell of a town. And it's a, in many ways, it's a nicer town than Vegas. I mean, I've, oh, I've played yeah. Vegas. There's no doubt about it because the weather. Yeah, you know, Vegas has its hit and misses, but there's still obviously a lot of positive. They'd be the only they'd be the only pro sports team there since the Chargers aren't there anymore. That would be the only pro sports team in the city. Yeah, and they would give you a good option to say, you know what, I can't make it to the Laker games. Let me right. just go south. Right. You know, only an hour and a half drive, two hour drive. They, they would. Ha- they would have a lot of support. Um, you know, what's your take there on the quality of play? And we have thirty teams right now, correct? Yeah. So you have thirty two. So it's a little one, one in one one conference. It's a little unbalanced if it's Vegas and Seattle. So there would have to be some other movement, like Memphis going to the Eastern Conference, or there's got to be some more shuffling of teams to make the conferences even again but okay. adding two teams to this 30 30 uh, uh team league that has you know year in and year out has teams winning under 15 games a year like yeah. how is that going to help yeah i don't know if the product obviously the purists from the basketball standpoint the talent pool is even a little thinner than it is now and it got obviously it got a little thinner with the raptors the heat over the last 20 years 20 30 years whatever yeah um you know, got a little, you know, add more teams and you're even splitting some of those. You can't protect everybody in the expansion draft. Some some teams will lose, lose a couple good players, but those teams will be shitty for a few years. For a lot of years. Yeah, for a, for a, lot, for a lot of years. Now, take, some people are saying go to 34 because make it even. But I'm like, there's just not enough talent. It's yeah. already, the talent's already not there. I mean, you look at, you look at how many... Of the, people already want to play in the. I'm sorry to cut you off. People already want to play in the big market teams already. So yeah, and, and if you right exactly, and if you look at the amount of uh, McDonald's All American, Jordan Brand Classic yes. collections, and all these highly ranked guys who don't make it. Yeah, I mean it's just the it, the the product and the the like you said the talent pool to choose from is already spread pretty thin. Yeah, and this will just make it spread to the point where it's like. Like uh, jam on stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like a minor league teams, right? You're almost like, I think that was what the issue with 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 baseball when baseball was trying to take its money to the to the next level and they expanded west. You know, the Giants moved from New York, the Dodgers moved from Brooklyn. There was three teams in New York, obviously. Is some of those teams were barely at op, op operating above cost. They were barely making it, so they were almost like farm teams for the Yankees and some of the teams that were making money. And you don't want to see that happen, obviously, in basketball where it's like, hey, wink, wink, trade your guy to me. We'll, we'll give you some money. You right. Look, you don't want that type of situation because that did happen in baseball. And obviously, the money's bigger now. But, yeah, I mean, the, the, if you go to a small city, nobody, who's going to want to play there? That's the thing. So another another reason why that, that is probably they should, probably shouldn't expand is because you look at the last couple free agencies, Paul George and, and um, Kawhi Leonard come from small markets and go to a big market. Yeah. Uh, LeBron James to a big market from a small market. Anthony Davis forces his way out of a small market to a big market. The Lakers win the title. I mean, so you're going to add, you know, two more quote unquote small markets. I mean, 
it, would you consider Seattle like a, a, a niche market right now? Because we don't know really what the, the support system would look like. And then yeah. Vegas is an interesting type of situation because not a whole lot of people, you know, it's not really highly, you know, a high density type thing. It's more of a tourist town. So yeah. there's no, there, there's not as many people who live in Las Vegas or in Henderson right. as, you know, San Diego or Pittsburgh or Tampa Bay, whatever it may be. Um, so you're risking not only uh, having to spread the talent even more thin than it already is, but then you're risking, you know, not being able to attract big name free agents because they want to be in LA. They want to be in New York. They want to be uh, in Texas or Dallas or wherever. Well, it may be. You know, we're going to have to see how it works. I think the NBA can wait. You know what I mean? You're going to lose some money, recoup it. Eventually we're going to have fans again. They're going to lose money again probably this season, meaning the 220-221 season. But um, I think they really got to see how the Raiders operate. Sure. And you can't really get a you can't really get a gauge it because they don't have fans yet. Yep. If the Raiders have super support and that's working good, the Raiders are making a lot of money. It was a smart move to go from Oakland. Then I could see the NBA be like, you know what, this is going to be a smart move for us. But until that three or four years happens. Who knows what, what really type of market Vegas is? We don't right. know yet because the economy's down. There's no fans. And then again, you go risk that. Do you want a bunch of young 20-year-olds in Vegas? We've already saw recently that a guy from the Raiders got arrested for DUI. Uh, you know, I don't know. You know, you hear different things about the, the Knights. Um, some people joke. And, they, and people that really know hockey, they, you know what they say, Devin? Part of the reason why the Knights... Went to the to the Stanley Cup Finals the first year. Can you guess? They were playing loose. They were they were happy. They're at the, they're at the strip clubs. They're gambling. They're having fun. That, but on the strip, the the flip side, the visiting team got blitzed and didn't know how to act the gotcha. first year. And right. the Golden Knights had a huge advantage that first year being in Vegas. Right. The other team was hanging over and blitzed, and the Knights took advantage because they were you know they were a little more used to it. I think people starting to adjust and like understand what it takes to play pro sports in Vegas. Okay, right. you gotta relax the night before. Don't go <laughs> built crazy. In, built in party advantage for it was for a built in party advantage the yeah. first year. You know what I mean? They, they they caught the other team slipping a lot. Hey. You know? I mean you would imagine, you know, professional sports, you know, franchise would have the ability to school its its uh players on, you know, how to conduct themselves before a game. But Vegas does interesting things to people, Ronnie, you know that. Oh man, we're we, we're seeing that with coronavirus, and, and even at the high school level, uh, you know, with Vegas having some issues and some problems. But let's let's turn the page to a, a topic regarding the NBA and, and uh, kind of talking about that. We we on BallsLife.com, we both as the seasons jumped off in in December, we kind of made some predictions of some rookies that we thought might hit and some some uh, breakout players. And and there's two guys that come to my mind that uh, I thought of real quick because i seen what they're doing that really one you you picked and one I picked is one of my breakout prayers was Christian Wood from the Houston Rockets. Yep. And your rookie that was a good call, Peyton Pritchard from University of Oregon with the Celtics. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about that. I, I mean, we, we look good on those. How are we looking on the other ones? I mean, Christian Wood is to me was a no-brainer. I mean, he's yeah. playing really well. I just think – he went undrafted in that draft, Devin. Like it was two fifteen or two sixteen, whatever it was. Like he's going to be one of the better players in, in that draft. Sure, yeah, he's, he's lining up to be. Uh, but first, we we can start with the, the rookie picks we made, Ronnie. And as 
As you said, if you guys are interested in checking out some of our NBA content, head to ballislife.com. Uh, it's up there right now. We'll definitely uh, be having more coming. That's hype. Yep, more coming soon. I, I got my top 60 big board that Ronnie, you just took a look at. Uh, and we'll, we'll put some of that out as well. Um, yeah, so my, my pick was Peyton Pritchard, Ronnie. And, you know, I'm looking at a stat line right now. He's played eight games, averaging, you know, 23 minutes a game, which is really nice off the bench for a. That's a, impressive that, in itself. Right. For a team that already has, you know, five or six guys who are built into that, that roster, maybe he's benefiting from Kemba Walker being out and them needing, you know, an extra ball handler. But still, he's proving that when Kemba Walker comes back, he's still going to have some value to this team. Eight's. 8.6 points per game, uh, three assists and two rebounds, 1.4 steals. Ronnie, it's just a really solid overall line for a guy who is known for just being solid, right? At his four years at Oregon, he got better every year, ended up being you know a Pac-12 player of the year candidate, averaged more than 20 points per game uh, his senior year, and he's 23 years old. He's mature. He you know understands the game, and he got picked 26 overall to the Celtics in the first round and went to a system and a coach that fits his game really well. And that's the reason why I picked him, and it's it's working out. So that pick is working out so far for me and for the Celtics. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, you know, Christian Wood, I obviously thought he had the opportunity. He's just a good scorer. He's got good size. You know, he's kind of a hybrid. You know, he can step out. He's putting up some really good good numbers, and, uh, you know, it just works out sometimes like that. You know, you opportunities, the right opportunity. We've talked about that at the NBA level and obviously with, with college recruiting. Just going to the highest level possible is just, it's such a played out thing. I think people are getting it a little better and they're really going to have to get it this year, Devin, because of the recruiting situation surrounding COVID. Like you really have to pick the level that's right for you and the, and the opportunity that's right for you to excel. You know, obviously, if you're a top one of the top picks, you're you uh, you know you don't have many issues regarding that. But if you're not an elite player, you really got to pick the system or the school or or the even the NBA team that's right for you. You know, if you, if yeah. you pick a free agent, it's it's not always just hey, let me go to the team that offers me the most money. Now, sometimes that way it works, but it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes there is a better better fit for you, and I just thought for <laughs> Ryan, hang on one second, man. So I know we're, our podcast is really about sports. But, man, I'm watching. I'm seeing some stuff on Twitter right now. Trump supporters have breached the Capitol building and have rushed and forced the Senate and House into a lockdown. So into a reclusion? <laughs> while, while they're attempting to count the Electoral College votes. Um, this is... You, Unprecedented. You, yeah, you've been, you've been around longer than I have. You've seen more of the political sphere spectrum than I have. Uh, for me, this is something that's never happened before. And it's absolutely insane to me that anybody could think that this is um, um, how, democracy right way to do how democracy works or this is how it's supposed to be. Well, I mean, sorry to change gears on you guys and everybody, but uh, just watching this unfold, what are your, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. You know, you know, this Georgia runoff was going to be tense and close maybe. Um, my my thoughts are that, uh, you know, when you're in the world is changing and demographics are changing, and some people just can't handle that well. I I, I think, uh, you know, even like we've not talked about a lot, but like even the the amount of Latinos that live now in the South, 
is a big different than when I was a kid. And it makes a difference in, in, in the voting. Um, now Tar is like rushing the Capitol building and, um, you know, people, I, I, I just think they follow what they see. They watch too much TV. <laughs> so they think things are, you know, they're not informed. People are not reading. I think we, we kind of get to that, Devin. We're always looking at that, even as it relates to BallsLife.com. Like, what are people looking at? What are they not looking at? They're just not reading enough. They're not informed. And they're just following the pack, and they're just being silly, you know, in many regards. I People don't, you know, they don't. I don't know what they're going to accomplish by this. What are they going to accomplish by this? So they're counting the, the electoral votes. They're, they're making sure, you know, probably counting the last of the votes in Georgia for the Senate runoffs. And what are you going to do when you storm the, the Capitol building or, 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 or the White House or whatever, you know, the, the government buildings? What's going to happen? What does that solve? Then what? Yeah. I don't know, man. It's wild. This is wild stuff to see. For any of our, our younger listeners, um, read. You know what I mean? Read. Uh, make sure you source out your your um, your news properly, uh, know who's telling and reporting truths, know who's who's uh, throwing out alternative facts um, and real fake news. This is insane. And um, yeah, I mean, there's not much more we can say on that, Ronnie. So let's, let's just jump right back into your pick for, you know, breakout NBA players. Christian Wood was your number one pick and he is proving you right. Like you said, undrafted, Ronnie, undrafted. And that's doesn't really happen very often when undrafted guys turn into potential, you know, all-star players. His first, let's see, his first one, two, three, four years in the league, he played for four different teams. Now in Detroit, he had a solid season last season. Uh, yeah, obviously, close strong. Yeah. Obviously, bubble shortened, so he got sixty-two games, but he averaged thirteen points in in twenty-one minutes. Um, and then he made his way to to Houston, and right now, Ronnie, twenty-three point six points. 10 rebounds per game, playing, <laughs> playing 35.6 minutes per game per night. Uh, I think he was going to be that good. I'll be honest with you, but he's I'm telling you the stats and your eyes just light up like crazy. And uh, yeah, that's just, it, it's really amazing to see a guy like that. Uh, he's a Southern California local as well. Sure. Where did he play before he went to Finley Prep? He went from the high, he's from the high desert. Um, Palmdale area. Yeah. Palmdale, Lancaster area. And you know, uh, already our guy, Paul George is, I was doing something because uh, obviously shout out to the late Paul Westfall. He passed in the last couple of weeks. You know, great player. Yep. And we're talking about guys in the Hall of Fame. It looks, you know, Marcus Johnson got nominated. Michael Cooper. Kind of changing the subjects here, but Paul George is like by far the best player already produced from the high desert. And I'm including like the San Bernardino County part too, like Victorville, uh, and also the Palmdale, Lancaster. You know region, which is, that's Alley County, but, you know, Christian Woods from up there, and, and I'm sure we're going to start seeing more guys produced, yep. uh, produced from the, those regions as they grow and as time goes by. He made a good move to go to, I thought it was a good move for him to go to Finley Prep. You know, he didn't get drafted, it was, you know, it, it's paying off now that he put himself in a position to, to get to the highest level possible, so kudos to Christian, um, you know, in terms of, uh, I guess, the back to the rookies, Isaac Okoro is starting, Devin. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm not sure about how my picks Isaiah Stewart and, and James Ramsey are going to work. It looks like your pick, Denzi Avija from the Wizards, is looking good, and, and Malachi Flynn still to be determined. Yeah, so your guy Okoro is starting and, you know, playing good minutes. Obviously, um, 
you know, with rookies, they're going to have up and down type of moments, up and down type of uh, weeks and, you know, games until they get accustomed to the NBA schedule, travel, things like that. Um, But Okoro started a couple games playing well. Uh, I think he might be battling some injuries right now. Um, But then my guy, Denny Adiha, he is with the Wizards. He is also starting. Let me pull up some stats here. That's awesome. Yeah, he's he's starting. And again, these this is a seven game played, seven game start. Uh, seven point one points, four point six rebounds, two point four assists. Uh, these are guys, you know, especially at Diha. He's in that mix of he played at a high level professionally overseas and has a versatile, you know, uh, all around skill set. Can do a little bit of everything, and you know that's the reason why you look at a guy like that. And the success of European players who have played at the top level of the Euro League or played professionally for, you know, since they were 15 years old in academy yeah. basketball and why those guys can come over and make an immediate impact. It's because they're, they've played against grown men for a long time. Um, and they've been in a, in a type of system that's different from the American system where it's basically a basketball academy rather than you're going to high school, you know, six hours out of the day and then you have, one hour practice in a couple games. It's yeah, and yeah. not just that. If they do expand Evan to two more teams, I just think they're going to be more kids from that. I'm with you with that marketplace from that level of evaluation. The pros that have already played in a professional type setting in Europe, it ain't going to make more Americans join the league. <laughs> they're right. I don't see it. You know what I mean? They're going to go there first. So very interesting take. Interesting topic. Uh, regarding the NBA. Let's switch a little bit to, to college, Devin, and we'll just run down the cause, then we'll touch a little bit on high school. Uh, the NCAA announced that, um, obviously, like I said, the April 15th dead period. Again, we don't know if that's going to be expanded, even going further, so we don't exactly know how the grassroots season is going to play out this year on the high school level, but the NCAA tournament, uh, all in Indiana this year for 2021. What's your hot take on that? Uh, obviously, it's probably the smart move, but what do you see there? And what do you see when you watch college basketball so far? You probably watch a little more than me. I'm, I am watching a, a bit more. I'm getting into it a bit more. Without the fans, um, it seems like we already have some some conferences or programs that are saying you got to mask up when you play. Yeah, I think... Boston University was maybe the first yeah. uh, Division One team that required masks during games, but <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure who I who I saw this from, yeah. but um, I saw a tweet saying it's more like chin diapers than masks because most <laughs> of them are wearing them around their chin, their mouth was still, and noses were still uncovered. So not sure how. What's uh, the point of that? I mean. Not sure how effective that that is to stopping the spread of coronavirus, but hey, good try. But didn't they? Or let me ask you this: Didn't yeah. they already get tested before they got on the court? I hope so. You so hope that's, what, that's the that's the. You assume there's right. ten uh, negative tested people on the court. So what is the mess with the mask? I, <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I, again, so you know, it's just college basketball has been. As we've said, it's been a roller coaster because sure. lots of games being postponed, lots of teams having to stop, you know, activities for weeks at a time because, you know, a positive test. And I've known somebody personally within a college basketball program who has tested positive and, you know, had to, um, you know, 
stop practicing, stop all that stuff. So sure. I love watching college basketball. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad that the kids were able to, you know, practice, uh, play games and, you know, get exposure for the NBA or, you know, overseas, whatever level they're trying to get to. But it, I, in all reality and all actuality, it's irresponsible to have kids out there right now, especially with what happened to Keontae Johnson from Florida. Yeah. I mean, if you got to wear a mask to play, you why are we playing? Yeah, and it's just – it's not like these kids are getting paid, right? Like they're putting their health on the line. And it costs a lot of money to get them out there to play. Right. It does. So I'm with you on that. It's just it's, – it's what are we doing here? Again, at the high school level because it's more fragmented uh, because there's – Well, there's not as much money. There's just yeah. simply – there's not enough money for testing. Yeah, and it's so fragmented. There's different rules in different – Yeah. Different regions and different counties and different states. I want to get your take on uh, the tournament obviously going to go on, like you said, in Ask one location. And then as I'm watching college basketball, Devin, you know me and me and you are on the same boat here. We don't agree on all the things we watch, but we do like watching pure basketball. I like watching it a little bit right now without the fans because I watch the body language. I watch the assistant coaches, who's checking in, who's checking out. You could see more of the development, especially with the younger, maybe a, a college team that has a lot of freshmen. Kind of see who's really playing well, who's listening to the coaches, who has sulky body language. Without the distractions of, of, of all the Gucci Rope fans and all the cheerleaders, you can follow that a little closer. The bench becomes more prominent. What, what's your take on watching without the fan? Um, I like it. Yeah, I, I like it a lot more because... It, there's a lot, so I would I would like to watch without fans and without commentators, especially when certain commentators are on because it's terrible. Yeah, um, I'm with you because it just brings it brings forth the purity of the game, yeah. and you can really kind of hone in on who's doing what and who's you know maybe overrated. And the the truth is kind of shining through on a couple of teams and a couple of prospects um, based on you know high school hype not really uh, translating to the college level. So the, those are always interesting things to me. And, you know, it, without fans and without kind of the, the, the hype and the excitement of, of game time and, and tip-off and the anticipation, you can see who's really preparing behind the scenes. Yeah. You can really see who is engaged, who loves the game, who is engaged. Yeah. And with the NCAA tournament, obviously it has to happen because they lost. I can't even tell you how much money they lost last year without having the tournament. But – um, it has to happen, and it, it, I think the bubble makes sense uh, as far as having it, you know, in multiple locations in one city or one town, one region. Yeah, it, it has to be that way because too much travel would would really. I mean, it, with how many games they play in a limited amount of days, it just. I mean, we'd have a a four month long NCAA tournament, Ronnie. If yeah, I mean, they can't travel to, for games, and it has to be in one spot so they can control people as best they can we're seeing that on the high school level a bit uh coming up was we'll, we'll as we transition to talk about high school a bit um you know they're they're to give an update on on high school obviously we have many states that are going go to make sure you check out the latest fab 50 which i put out on on monday earlier this week uh you know a lot of states were able to get going and uh maybe 40 to 50 percent are playing uh the event that was able to go on, obviously, usually at this time, I have a lot of updates, a lot of ranking shuffles, 
because of all the events that happened, Tarkanian, City of Palms, almost all of those were, were canceled this year, uh, Iolani. But the one that did go on was the Beach Ball Classic. Uh, they had two divisions. Um, Milton of Georgia won one division. And the other one was won by West Oaks Academy, more of a prep division. Both really good teams. Uh, West Oaks jumped up to number 18 in the Fab 50. Uh, Milton, not too far behind. Actually, Milton's ahead of them. I'm sorry. They jumped up 10 spots, 12 and 2. Milton jumps up to 15 in, in West Oaks, right behind him at 18. Uh, you know, a lot of, uh, good games down there. Combine Academy, uh, had lost to West Oaks. Combine Academy coached by Jeff McGinnis, who was a, who we've had on the pod before talking a little bit about his, his program in Oak Hill. And, uh, we're going to have a situation like that coming up where there's really going to be some changes, Devin, in the, um, Fab 50. And there's going to be a lot of good teams. It's the, the St. James NIBC Invitational coming up in Arlington, Virginia. That's going to run from Friday, January 8th to Monday, January 18th. So over a two-week span, there is some some bubble-type atmosphere. There's going to be some testing. And it's it's a lot of mostly independent programs. They're going into this bubble-type situation. We know the programs. We can go over them. They're the Montverde Academy, IMG, Lalamere, uh, you know, Legacy Early from South Carolina. It's the teams that are... Typically at the top of my rankings right now. And um, they're able to do it, hopefully, in a safe environment and able to get through it. Um, without the other events and without so many teams or so many states not even starting, Devin, um, it puts more spotlight on them. So, you know, I know you'd like to get the update, but what, what's your quick take? And then I'll, I'll tell you where, where other states are in terms of if they're starting or not. But what's your... Highline take on that. Is that great for high school basketball? Just another event. You know, uh, how, uh, what are you looking forward to? What do you think is going to transpire? Uh, I mean, again, Ronnie, we're in the United States of America. So, you know, it's a, it's a country where if the, the guidelines in that specific state allow for an event to go on and be held and that event operator is, you know, taking necessary precautions to try and keep everyone safe and healthy, then more power to them. Um, It's good good for kids to be able to play the game they love and, you know, kind of get away from the negativity that we've been experiencing over the last 10 months and have a little bit of of, uh, freedom and fun. And, you know, you're still taking risks. It's obviously taking risks, but again, that's, that's on each individual household each individual parent um and coach and you know team to come together and say we want to play and if they want to play and take that risk more power to them um it's it's a great field i mean that's a great schedule uh lots of lots of really good teams and it's going to be a a high level event from what i can imagine i'm only pissed i'm pissed ronnie because it's a 20 dollar per day 20 dollar per game stream on their website and then fifty dollars per day to stream this event. Okay, yeah. On that so, note, I'm pissed about that. Yeah, that's not going to make a lot of sense for most people. No, obviously there's going to be some games on um, ESPN three, and there's yeah. going to be some games on TV, so we'll be able to watch those games. I think the big games that people are going to talk about right away 
are going to be Montverde Academy, number one in the Fab 50, versus number three, Sunrise. That's on January 9th. I guess that would be a Saturday, right? This upcoming Saturday. Yep. So let's say, uh, obviously, let's say Montverde wins and they, they survive their schedule. So then Montverde will play IMG number two on Sunday, January 17th, the following weekend. Obviously, that game will be on national TV. You'll, you'll be able to see it. But let's say the let's say the uh, opposite happens, and Sunrise knocks off Montverde, which is very possible. It's one plus three. Yeah, uh, you know. So then Sunrise will play IMG on MLK Monday one eighteen, which is traditionally MLK Monday, which is two Monday. You know, like two Mondays from now or whatnot. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, yeah, that could happen. So those, those big matchups could switch those, and then that could become the big matchup. Maybe the Montverde IMG game is not the big game of the event, and it becomes IMG Sunrise, depending on what happens on January 9th, obviously, and if they can continue to win. So, you know, um, those are really high-level games. It's almost like, you know, most of the high-level teams in the country, independent teams, are going to be there. So that is going to change the Fab 50 quite a bit, but None of those teams are really going to fall out of it or drop. It's just going to be a bunch of teams knocking off each other, in essence. You know, whether it's Wasatch, Legacy Early, uh, IMG, you know, and maybe one of those teams pulls through and comes out of there undefeated. Whoever comes out of the undefeated is obviously going to be the front runner for to win the mythical national championship. Right. But like you said, you want to see the tie level games. It's it's a uh, good basketball. It's not necessarily good to watch at fifty dollars a. Date stream, but that's another <laughs> issue, and hopefully we'll we'll tackle that in the future. We're we're hoping to get um, Pat Holmes, who's the coach of Lalamere, on our next pod. He's going to be there. His team's going to be there. They play a bunch of games. He's kind of spearheading in a bit. We're hoping to get more information on exactly what the NIBC is, mm-hmm. what their plans are this season and going forward. Obviously, this season is not a normal season. Honestly, they're 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 putting things together to get like an independent conference, and we'll find out more about that. And we're hopefully have Paul Bancardi of ESPN, who will be obviously on the play by play in some of these games, and he'll be able to give us some insight of what he's seen down there. And that, that'll be on next week's pod because obviously this is a two weekend event. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, good basketball. We'll 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 mean you'll be watching as much as we can. Obviously. I'll be following it because of the rankings and other things. So look for that on a little bit of that insight on ballsife.com and in our next spot. Yeah, I think um, I think seeing this event go on and the teams involved makes me miss, you know, whether we would have been at the, the Damien Classic, you know, after Christmas or, or Torrey Pines or uh, Tarkanian Classic before Christmas. And now we would be heading into league play in California right now. And, and still other good events. Take yeah, flight, uh, yeah. state preview, you know. Yep. Uh, all those will be coming up in January as we're getting ready for the playoffs. But to, to follow up on that, uh, you know, again, go look at the at the Fab 50. It has more information on who's playing and who's not. But I want to give a rundown real quick for our listeners. I know our listeners like the national scope and how they compare to the California teams, but – you know, yeah, Minnesota State High School League, which obviously includes Chet Holmgren, Minnehaha Academy, supposed to start practice on January 4th. Uh, games are scheduled in Kentucky January 4th in the North Carolina High School Athletic Association, which is public schools January 6th. Practice is scheduled to begin in the Philadelphia Catholic League 
and the New Jersey State Association on January 11th. The Michigan High School Athletic Association starting practice on January 16th. The Washington's the Washington State Interscholastic Activity Association is supposed to begin games on February 1st. Now, Devin, um, those are just some dates of the states that haven't started yet. Obviously, we have many states that have been going on. Arkansas is going on. Georgia, Texas, operating as as if things are normal. Just you know, less no no tournaments per se, but a lot of events. And uh, they're already, you know, 13 and 1, 12 and 2, 11 and 4. You know, they they're kind of have a normal schedule. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, we'll, we'll see if those states I just rattled off stick to those dates and if they happen. Now, we got an update from the California uh, Department of Health as it relates to CIF. Obviously, CIF and the, and the um, school districts in California, which there's thousands of them, take the and you know, take their quote unquote instructions from the health department in California. So we got an update there. It looks like there wasn't no change. No. There's we're still in the tiers where it's not gonna start. And interesting enough, basketball has to be in the really minimal tier. Like COVID has to be really low numbers in order for basketball to start. Yeah. So since football's already been delayed, Devin. Basketball right now for that March 12th date and for any date is not looking all that great based on what was put out on January 5th. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you go back, Ronnie, to to March when this started um, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, you know, it'd be better by summer. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we'll be back normal to, to, in fall. Uh, okay, football's going to start a little late, but we're going to get a season in. Nope. None of that should happen because – Nobody would stay home. Nobody would wear a mask, uh, you know, and, and people kept just kind of going about their lives um, as they wanted to and as they pleased and really didn't didn't do anybody any favors. And those same people are the ones who are complaining of why we don't have high school basketball or high school football. Those people are the ones who are complaining about not having it when in turn it's their fault that we don't have it. Um, yeah, it's so, collectively all our fault, meaning the public. We're not doing what we're supposed to do. Maybe it's not necessarily – Maybe I'm at a little fault, but Devin, you're really not at fault, you know. But I'm saying in the public's eye, it's, right. it's all of our faults. We're not doing what we're supposed to do, and we were looking at this January to start games. You know, Bosco is supposed to be in the deal of sale this Saturday, the ninth. That ain't happening. That ain't close no. to happening. Nope. Now are we starting in January 25th? Nope. Uh, don't look like it. Nope. So, um, you know, at some point. After February 15th, I think, is this date. Now, this may not be a magical date, but it's got to be around that date, February 15th. If football doesn't happen, it's not going to die by then because high school coaches and, and other people involved in football don't want it to affect the next season. It's too close to the, the two seasons can't be, in essence, back-to-back. You, you know, fall for fall of 2021 needs a break. You can't play 10 football games and then, oh, guess what? Starting in three weeks, we're playing again, fellas. You know, they need a break. So uh, high school football has to start by like between February 10th and February 15th or it's just not viable. There's yeah. going to be no section playoffs. There's going to be no state championship, obviously. No there state be five or six games and, and call it a night. Yeah. If that. Yeah. If that. So you think basketball ain't going to be 28 games. We're talking now maybe more, maybe a couple non-league games and, and, and league games and have a a shorter playoff, probably with no state tournament and maybe just a section championship 
to close it off if we even get to that. Yeah, we're not getting there, Ronnie, because obviously people still aren't taking it seriously. And then the the thing that people were waiting for that that everyone said was going to halt the pandemic was um, the vaccine. And that's been handled like shit, too. (laughs) <laughs> the vaccine rollout has been handled just as bad as the pandemic response was handled. So oh, yeah, people kind of make it like, oh, the vaccine is out. Everything. Yeah, let's just go right now. Three million people have gotten the vaccine. Three million people. That seems like that's not even that's that's Long Beach, Fountain Valley, Huntington Beach, um, you know, Newport, Newport, and Garden Grove, and maybe uh, Los Alamitos. That's about three million people right there. Right. That's, that's very not, like it's not a big number in the bigger scheme of 400 million people in America. Like we haven't even touched we're not there yet. It's just we're not we're not we're it's it's a slow process. I guess yeah. that's the the lack of a that's a way to sum it up. It's a slow process. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And if people aren't Ronnie, if people aren't taking it seriously and you know doing what what they're supposed to do, what they need to do to help stop the spread and help lower the numbers in especially in Southern California where we're in, you know, the deep, deep purple tier, which is not good. Um, then we're just going to stay like this. And, and, you know, 220, 221 seniors aren't going to be able to have one last season of high school football and high school basketball. And everyone's going to blame, you know, I'm not to get political. Yeah, they're going to blame left, the damn CIF. So they're going to blame Newsom. Newsom, right. I mean, dude, just, I mean, people need to put their, their big boy pants on and big girl pants on. And, uh, you know, start actually, you know, taking actions to, you know, stop the spread because obviously we're in, we're in this money 10 months now, almost 11 months, dude. Yeah. Well, 11 months and people are still just acting like nothing's going on. Well, just think about this. One of the pods we have that, you know, really was one of the ones that we were like, wow. And, and we had to do it was the, the death of Kobe Bryant. And we had, you know various guests on and Devin that's going to be a year here in a couple weeks that's just we thought that was just like a at the time we just thought it was a tragic thing and it was like a one-off thing and just things just progressively got worse and worse as the weeks went by after that and yeah like I said that's going to be a year here in a, in a couple weeks it's going to be a year ago it's crazy and and we're still log in house, and we're still doing the pod in the same manner, kind of in a in a remote fashion, and and that wasn't exactly how we thought we were gonna it was gonna uh, do how we were gonna do it, but that's where we are. Yeah, yeah, and it's unfortunate that that's where uh, it's ended up, and you know where we currently are, you know, not only with the pandemic, but also with the election uh, and what's happening, you know, as we record this podcast on Capitol Hill uh, with, um, you know, I guess Trump supporters storming the Capitol. And I'm reading what I'm seeing on Twitter, Ronnie, and uh, on various media platforms is like shots are being fired inside the Capitol. Like, I mean, it's It's like anarchy. It's that's what it is. And, um, you know, if this was what's happening to us, if this was a if this was a, a Black Lives Matter or a Black people storming the the Capitol, how many how many gunshots you think would have been put into those people, Ronnie? And there haven't been any put into these people or, or arrests or or tear gas or you know getting beat down with a with a, uh, a baton or a club. Can you imagine? I mean, not if it was a Mexican dude, right? You're a Mexican dude, Ronnie. If it was a, Mex- a bunch of Mexican dudes or a bunch of Black dudes rushing the Capitol, 
this would not like they would not be able to get through four layers of security and get into like there's literally a picture of somebody Ronnie right now in in like the chamber of the house or the senate I'm not sure which one he's, he's, he's on like the the main chair where where uh the senate majority leader Mitch McConnell or Mike Pence would sit you know just like celebrating like what <laughs> what the fuck is going on yeah I, I was I mean I gotta watch it I know you're watching it as we're okay as we're, yeah, yeah. we're shooting it so I gotta kind of get up to speed and on that note, we're going to kind of wrap up here. Uh, yeah. You know, we kind of touched Let's wrap on up before I start rambling on even more. Yeah. We, 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 you know, we're right. We hit what we wanted to. And like I said, next week, we hope to have a, a, a little more uh, in-depth on this NIBC and the St. James. And, and, and obviously, we'll see if high schools get rolling back again. I'll be following it. Thank you guys for, uh, you know, following us on BallsLife.com and following the Fab 50 and Fall. We're going to have more, like I said, Devin's big board for 221. Soon, you know, we'll, we'll start watching more and more college. Uh, you know, I, I like what we did with uh, last year's draft, and obviously this year's draft will be coming up not a year from the last one, but pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to happen fast because everything's kind of condensed. The high school season's condensed, so, you know, we'll be following it, and we'll, we'll have more and more on what we're doing on BallsLife.com every week. We're adding things, so, so be on the lookout for that. And like I said, well, we're, we're going to – Sign off here soon, and, and and hopefully the world doesn't go crazy while we tune up this pod. Too late, too late. This pod's going to get drowned out by some crazy stuff. But, yeah, we appreciate you guys tuning in uh, each and every podcast. Make sure you hit us up on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your, your podcast. We are there. Hit us with a like, a subscribe, a comment. We love to engage with our listeners as much as possible. Uh, make sure you head to BallsLife.com. Check out our latest content, whether it's on the NBA, high school, or the college level. Um, We're going to have more and more stuff going up there every single week. And then our player profiles, uh, we're still working on, you know, getting those things, you know, right and making sure all their wrinkles are ironed out. Um, But we have, you know, uh, uh, comprehensive player profiles on guys from the class of 2024 going all the way back to the 1950s. So go ahead and get on there and check that out. Um, And also, you know, the Balls Life shop. That's kind of the most you know popular thing that we got going on. Shop.ballslife.com to check out all of our gear, whether it's our shirts, hoodies, socks, backpacks. We got everything that you need. Again, we appreciate you guys tuning in with us each and every show. But until next week, Ronnie and Devin are signing off. <laughs>